Welcome to No Room for Phonies. It's the middle of March now. Everyone's having their pandemic anniversary, first year or one year anniversary since the pandemic. And I'm here with my husband, Charles. Hello. And we're going to do the top 10 things to come out of our kitchen. I had it as my kitchen, but I changed it to our kitchen. We do cook together. We do cook together. And I just wanted to start with the cocktail of the month, which we have had quite it's a really few times. It's really good. So we've been doing a ginger and cranberry mule with uh, crushed ice, two ounces of vodka. We haven't put in a half a cup of frozen cranberries. There's no point because I'm not going to chew on them. No. So uh, we sometimes <laughs> put a few in just for garnish. Two and a half ounces of non-alcoholic ginger beer, which is about a half a can yeah. per... And then we top it up with cranberry juice. And it and is... Ice. Oh, you put ice, yeah. And ice, yeah. So, um, and then we lime, lime juice. And then I um, uh, did that crushing of the thyme and the pip and the mint herbs and... It, it was terrible. <laughs> Don't do that. We just put a sprig of thyme and a sprig of ginger in. Because if you crush up the thyme, then you get little bits of thyme in your, in your teeth. teeth. And it's gross. Um, the Moscow Mule is properly served in a copper mug, but we just put ours in a glass. We only have one copper thing. Yeah, we only do. Um, anyway, we are really enjoying that one, so uh, we'll be drinking that for the rest of March. March. We usually do it Friday just nights. Fridays, when maybe we, Saturdays. Yeah, when we do our charcuterie, we usually do it then. So, um, yeah, so that is, uh, we've been enjoying that, and then... At the end of March, I'll introduce you to the April cocktail. So, and then I'm just doing a little website update. Um, oh, I'll help you out. Uh, all the episodes are now uh, being put up on the website, which is www.noroom4phonies.com. And uh, you're also going to find books and recipes. I've also been updating you about quilting sewing um and knitting crocheting has the, you can leave comments on any of the pages that she posts about so that'd be nice to see some uh, feedback and i've also linked it to quiltsocial.com and knitmuch.com right yes, so those are places that you we blog, you blog for quilt social i blog for knit much but you do a lot of the knitting for it yes i do a lot of the <laughs> physical work for it so so the re website really reflects my day-to-day -day life looking after my home and those around me and improving myself and my creative projects so i've also linked to udemy where we're actually taking a course together on life coaching, which has been really cool because we do it every morning. So yep. this is what I call uh, him working from home. It's made it possible for us to do some, uh, have a bit more time together. So we do, uh, we have started this course together. And my book recommendation, actually you're reading it as well, is The Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. And... Uh, really really good book it's a very good book and basically um it's how to foster fellowship through fearlessness and visibility it's a um she is she talks a lot about the power of belonging in the midst of an era of disconnection which 
I think we have found um, that people are very polarized these days. Like if you, it's almost difficult to be. And not just our American friends. No, Canadians as well. Like you viscerally hate things and viscerally hate people who don't think the same as you Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So it's very um, difficult to uh, like, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. And she openly um, shares her history of insecurity and self-destructiveness and vulnerability and um, maturation. She tells basically of her life story and, uh, you know, she talks about people that she admires, like Maya Angelou, who I also admire. And she's a researcher and a storyteller. So um, she talks about the pain of loneliness and anxiety and uncertainty, uncertainty and how these um, prevent us from engaging socially. And she talks about what is true belonging and how to get closer to people who are different from you. Because basically, if we don't get close to people who are different from us, like, how does society move forward? If you and I just... We just become little pockets of... of people who agree with each other. Yeah. So she really, really delves um, into that. And she writes about, um, like, a unique kind of courage that is necessary to really achieve the goal of belonging. And she, she just feels that it's accessible to everybody and the reward is great for those who choose to like engage the, in the, in what she's talking about. So she, she has case studies, interviews, um, and she is like pretty popular. Like we've watched a few of her, um, uh, like videos and, and stuff, right, yeah. and speeches and that. And she's uh, she feels that there's nothing truly groundbreaking in this, or people feel that. But um, it's kind of a practical guide to achieving a healthy sense of interconnectedness with both your culture and uh, community. So, and if you have any men in your circles that are the type that think that any type of self-help book is too touchy-feely and not for them. This is actually a really good book because it is about bravery and taking risks and in the wilderness. I mean, it's metaphorical, but it it actually is quite enlightening about the loneliness that men experience but are unwilling to ever admit. So uh, anyway, a good book for any men who are listening or for the men of those women who are listening yeah and then my podcast recommendation is just called the secret life of canada and it's a cbc podcast that uh, focuses on the lesser known parts of canadian uh, history and it's definitely i think worth a look if you are a history buff i'll have to listen yeah it's cool and i'm rec- i'm going to recommend it to my son uh, zachary who is definitely a history buff Absolutely. so So now on to the real topic of today, the top 10 things to come out of my kitchen. So of our kitchen, sorry. That's all right. So number 10 for me is uh, we make this version of Salisbury steak, like Salisbury meatballs and mushroom gravy and mashed potatoes. And 
I think we're good at comfort food in our kitchen. Like we know how to make <laughs> we do. a good mac and cheese and those kinds of things. So that was we, my number 10. We don't do it too often because no. we are mindful of healthy eating and not yeah. all comfort food is necessarily healthy. <laughs> no, but but when you think of it in terms of like a nice roast chicken, yeah. like those kinds of things, we're good at comfort food and we we kind of add a little zing I think, Absolutely. to comfort food. Like I put bacon in my mac and cheese and really interesting cheeses. And, and for the mushroom gravy, there's five different kinds of mushrooms. Right. So it's like, <laughs> so we're good at comfort food. So that was my number 10. What's your number 10? Mine, oh, I didn't know if I really put it. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, okay. Um, I'd say my number 10 is Colombian beans. Okay. So for those listeners who don't know, I was born and grew up my whole childhood and adolescence in Colombia, South America. And uh, Pam has learned to make uh, an awesome Colombian bean dish. Well, I help, but... Right. Anyway, it's that is one of my comfort foods. and um, But it's also really healthy on the legume vegetarian right so end of the scale. i use pork hocks so goodbye vegan <laughs> yeah goodbye vegan sorry yeah we're not vegetarian or vegan we're balanced but we eat meat so um we do eat vegetarian like actually yeah, quite 40, a bit percent of our meals yeah are vegetarian. vegetarian but we do eat meat so but it's uh and then i usually soak uh actual like um, beans, the I don't beans. dried beans, uh, Romano beans for this, yeah, just and, to avoid all the sodium from yeah. the canned ones. And then we usually get plantain, and yeah. now we have a, a, a air fryer. Pan. Oh, air fryer right. for, the for the plantain. plantain. Yeah. So anyway, so that was my number ten, and my number ten. So number nine for me is a shout out to Anna Olson, who actually lives right behind us, but. Um, she gave, um, because my my son Sebastian does a little work for her, she gave us her newest baking book. And I now use her Any Fruit Muffin recipe. It's actually not gluten-free in the book, but I created a gluten-free version. But the recipe, I think, is like just truly perfect. Like any fruit, any time, fast, great in the freezer. No sugar. No sugar. Don't need it from, well, no. there's a bit of honey, but you don't really No, it's need actually it maple syrup. Maple syrup. Okay. Yeah. So. But the fruit really, you can add quite a bit and it doesn't. Um, like I have made blueberry banana. I have made uh, chocolate raspberry. I have made straight banana. Apple cinnamon. Apple cinnamon cranberries rhubarb rhubarb like every kind of fruit just kind of goes in there and basically what i do is i substitute uh the the whole wheat flour for buckwheat flour and the regular flour for just, just gluten. all-purpose gluten and i gluten. add a little bit of um what's that little powder i add um oh xanthan gum not xanthan gum some other kind of guar gum or something. Oh, guar gum. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I add a little bit of that. But they are great. And uh, I will put the recipe up on the website so that you can access it. Right. So number nine. Number nine for me. Well, since we've had uh, to change our kitchen to all gluten-free for the last 12, 13 years or so, in the beginning, our baking was pretty awful. And I missed baking because I used to bake a lot of bread and stuff. But we've come, we've become quite good at uh, gluten-free and uh, an adept at modifying so to go along the baking theme 
I really like our Christmas cake. Oh, yeah. We've actually, yeah, it's very it's a good. really good Christmas cake. It's sometimes hard to find the dried fruit that's uh, wheat-free, that's safe, but it is possible. And uh, it's great to start, like, October 15th and douse it with uh, brandy for about six weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And then I soaked the fruit in rum. Right. Right? So, and then the other thing that is in this cake that I really, really like... Thanks. Are the figs and the pistachios. And the Bing cherries. And the Bing cherries. So yeah. dried Bing cherries, obviously. So yeah, so that was that's number nine. And then number eight for me is this discovery of sheet pan dinners. I almost put that on my list. Did you? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So um so basically uh you take most commonly we take sausage, but you can do it with chicken. Uh we've never done it with beef and I probably wouldn't. But no. chicken or sausage. Well, and then you do the vegetarian one too. I do. Yeah, you can do it. But any root vegetables, carrot, squash, sweet potatoes, onions, garlic, um, like literally beets. I'm trying to think of other root peppers. Sometimes I mm -hmm. put on it. Um, onions, garlic, honey and maple syrup and some Italian spice. And I mix it all in a bowl. Sometimes chickpeas. Sometimes chickpeas. I put... Um, I do put foil on the pan and spray it mm -hmm. and then all the the everything mixed together it gets tossed in a bit of olive oil olive oil and then put on and with salt and pepper and it takes about 40 minutes and it's a really it's a really good one, meal one one cooking pan meal <laughs> yeah it's just really good so that's our, I think that's a good thing. And not that we invented it, but it's very, we use it a, a quite, a, at least once a month we have that. Yeah. So another one that's, I love kind of again on the, <coughs> on the comfort food end of things is your cowboy chili. Oh yeah. Red bean cowboy oh, yeah. chili. Red bean cowboy chili. Yeah. <laughs> it's from an old, 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 old cookbook and, uh, it just has uh, interesting spices. Well, it was the first time that I had cinnamon in chili. Yeah. And, now I'm... and it has cumin in it, and it has, like, all kinds of cool spices. and. But there's also bacon. Bacon, yeah. There's always <laughs> bacon in it, too. Bacon, and I usually use triple mix in yeah. it, too. So it kind of gives it a lot of flavor. That is for sure. And then number seven for uh, for me is... Our bowls we make. Bowls on yeah. the list. Yeah, okay. So number seven for us is the same. Bowls, sometimes vegetarian, sometimes not. Lots of flavors, sauces, vegetables, raw and cooked. I like it. We often do either black rice or red rice as a, if we're going to have a carb base mm -hmm. or quinoa. And yeah, then, not quinoa as much. We should try lately, to remember but, to do and that. And then there's like at least three vegetables, either raw or slightly stir fried yeah and and then green massaged kale massaged spinach kale. yeah spinach just regular lettuce or red cabbage yeah a lot then we'll saute that usually. So, usually saute that so bowls for us and uh, i'll post some of our favorite we also do a um deconstructed um sushi sushi bowl which is really good too so that was my number seven and then my number six is I really think that we do a good job cooking steak. Mm -hmm. We have your chorizo. Absolutely. It's not chorizo. I'm sorry. 
It's chuso. Chuso, chorizo. So chuso, chuso is the Spanish word for speared or stuck on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes from the street food in Colombia near the soccer stadiums, which is marinated beef with a very particular marinade that just cooks up awesome. And that is actually my number six as well. Is it? Oh, well, there. chuzos, in sp- particularly chuzos, but I mean, steak is good too. We do, because we also we have flank, found that... flank steaks. We've also found that um, we do use Montreal steak spice. And just um, our favorite, my favorite probably is to just buy steak fresh. Let and it sit out all day or overnight, not in the refrigerator. Not in the refrigerator with Montreal steak spice. Which freaks spice. some people out. It does freak to some age, people to out. age it out. But and I do make homemade barbecue sauce and ketchup. And that's really good if you're making meatloaf, which is a comfort food, because you can just throw it in there and it really makes it taste good. But, um, and we do now with your really nice wraps that you make, your gluten-free wraps. Yeah. We've done some really good steak wrap sandwich kinds of things which we had never been able to do because they would just if you've ever had a gluten-free wrap it's not exactly the most fun no but what we do do sometimes when we can find them are those uh, collard greens Um, they steam yeah they steam lightly for two minutes and they don't fall apart and they don't taste like much but they're excellent excellent wraps and i really like them if i wanted like a ham and cheese wrap is that the collard green collard green that's it not swiss chart yeah no no collard greens so that was my number six my number five is charcuterie because that's what we do on friday nights here and um we have decided we started doing that i don't know during this pandemic just as a break like yep, just to change things and up. now we have the the cocktail of the month and i try to make a couple of hot hors d'oeuvres to go with like the meats and cheeses and all these things so i've sebastian's made, good at making sushi yeah sebastian has made a sushi so i've done like spinach balls stuffed mushrooms onion rings chicken wings Bacon wrap dates, yeah. Um, coconut shrimp. We the, always have some dried fruit, yeah, and some fresh grapes or yeah, melons or something. Lots of cheeses, soft and hard. I've done mac and cheese cups, potato skins. I've we've made homemade crackers. We we tried steam buns, which worked out yep. pretty well, and onion bayas, which are little onion patties and bacon wrap scallops, cheeses, meats, olives sauces our caramelized onions our dips our chutneys and last night we even did um cocktail what do they call those pigs in a blanket blanket. (laughs) gluten-free so they pam found a beautiful gluten-free pastry that works perfectly around the hot dogs and then i made matzo sticks gluten-free as well and they did leak out but, but that's because we did them in the air fryer. Yeah, and yeah, we didn't we didn't, didn't deep fry the them. Oil. So my number five was our charcuterie nights. So okay, well I'm gonna go to my Colombian rice, which is actually just kind of the the staple to put on the plate with anything else that we make when we want rice. But Colombian rice is uh, made slightly differently than most people would make it in North America, and it's definitely different than Asian rice. So, so I'll pop the recipe on yeah. um, on the website because yeah. it's it's actually. So if you use instant rice, forget it; doesn't work. And if you tried uh, parboiled rice, 
uh, it'll never stick, but it also has a weird texture, so you have to use long grain rice, and that's a must. But it still won't stick to each other. That's key. Yeah, and it's it's more or less about sautéing the onion, the garlic, the rice, the and way it's boiled, and so yeah. But it's very it's very good, and I just always laugh at your mother thinking that no one else in the world could ever learn how to make that. Well, she, she didn't was, think you could learn. No, she didn't think I could learn how to make it. <laughs> she which, didn't think any of her daughters no, could make could it. ever make it. So anyway, um, then number four for me was our soup Sundays. And uh, I started this a long time ago because I didn't want to make, because when I was working, I didn't want to make a big meal on Sunday. No. And so through the winter, like from... I don't know, end of November, middle of November until usually around now. Um, every Sunday or every Saturday when I was making a bigger meal, which we usually did on Saturday night because you, a lot of times we were entertaining and yeah. having a dinner party, which we don't do right now. But um, then I would make the soup and then Sunday there would be no cooking, no no anything. And we would just have soup and we have all kinds of soup. But I think my biggest thing that I love the most is being able to make homemade broth in the instant pot. It's a game changer. It is a game changer because you can just, I throw everything in and then like 33 minutes later, you have this amazing broth. Whereas normally you're cooking broth like all day on the mm -hmm. stove, blah, blah, blah. Speaking of all day on the stove, my number four is your beef bourguignon. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's after, actually Julia Child's yes, beef bourguignon. But after we watched the movie Julia and Julia, we also spent one day making it. And fortunately, we have a local grocer who will cut the back bacon fat thing rind that yeah. normally everybody throws away in most delis and most grocery stores. You can't find it, but our local grocer will. Poopos. If, if you live in around here, Pupos. And I just went in and asked and they gave it to me for free. Yeah, so Pupos he was is like, a Hungarian family name, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> but anyway, he um, he just went in the back and cut it and brought it out and said, you want this? And I said, yeah, I want that. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, but then Pam also does the pearl onions like forever and ever with butter. Yeah, it's, it's a, just a really good. It's a if you want to make beef bourguignon that way, you have to give yourself the and whole it, day. It, forget beef stew in the crock pot or the instant pot. Nothing ever matches. It, it. doesn't taste it the totally same. Has it to totally has to be the whole day. Totally does not day. taste the same. So um, my number three has been the perfecting of pizza crust. We've worked at that. We've used the Walmart brand. We've used our own homemade, like different recipes. And now I'm going back to give another shout out to Anna Olson because mm -hmm. it's in that same baking book. Um, it is the best gluten-free pizza crust. It's fantastic. It rises, it doubles, and it has mm -hmm. yeast in it. It it's, it's amazing pizza crust. You have to plan because it needs an hour to rise, but it rolls out beautifully. It it's tasty. You don't have to pre-bake it. I don't nope, pre-bake it. I just put everything on. And I make my and own sauce. And you really sauce. can't get deep dish pizza dough in gluten-free world. So it's a nice, even though it does rise, it ends up being kind of like a thin crust. Yeah. And, not, I, not and it also thin. just depends. Like 
if I spread it out onto the big cookie sheet, right. the rectangular one, it makes two full, the recipe makes two full pizzas. Mm -hmm. If I did it on the two rounder, like That's smaller thicker. round, then it would be thicker. And I have taken to using fresh mozzarella yes. and homemade sauce yes. and then some of our favorite toppings, feta. Your right? favorite. <laughs> You don't like feta? I like feta. It's not my favorite. Oh, it's not your favorite? Sorry, I didn't even really. So I usually put, um, we have disagreements about orders and toppings and things in our house, but I usually put um, the you, sauce. cheese on the bottom or cheese on the top? Cheese on the top. And, and Sebastian's cheese, cheese on, on the, the bottom. On the sauce. Yeah. And then the so other. I normally put sauce and then I sprinkle Parmesan cheese. And then I put meat, whatever meat, or if you're or having veggies. meat. Yeah. But I, I also like to pre, like, saute mushrooms and onions and things. Like, I can some caramelized onions, so I don't mind putting them on the way mm -hmm. they are mm -hmm. because they're not vinegary. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm and then cheese on the top. But I like the slices of fresh mozzarella. Absolutely. Over. We all agree on that. Well, no, he he prefers the cheddar? the cheddar, like the marble cheese. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So anyway, well, and peppers too. Like we if usually I make three versions across the two yeah. pans. So, and peppers too. I like them sautéed a bit before yeah. I put them on. So my, you know the typical stuff. And um, so that was your number three. We like bacon, and yes. or pancetta. So what's your number three? All right. Well, I'm kind of going towards Christmas because we usually make this. One of the days of the Christmas week is lamb. And then you make that great date and cut goat cheese yeah. topping. Spread. So it's, it's like a spread or salsa. You cut up dates and you soak them in wine and then you add um, red onion pistachios. and pistachios. And um, yeah. It's and a, I also do the deep fried Brussels sprouts that meat. I think that's also an Anna Olsen. I'm no. pretty sure that's when one of her yeah, cookbooks. Yeah, it is actually. I think so. It's one of hers. But you use a rack of lamb, mm -hmm. and then I cut them. Mm -hmm. And that's usually when we invite Helen, yep. which we weren't able to do this year. So hopefully by next Christmas we'll be able to do that. So, yeah. So that was my number three. My number two is Christmas baking because um, I've been able to actually over the years master christmas baking to the point where people like when i give it away people are like is that gluten-free it doesn't taste gritty it doesn't taste gritty and you know some of it has been um being able to get better flour yeah but you know i can do shortbread and sugar cookies and gingerbread man and biscotti and almond cookies and snickerdoodles and all those things pretty good now yep like and there's your not much your gingerbread people were awesome this year yeah so, and now I actually have in the fridge right now green sugar cookie dough to make shamrock cookies to give away. Do we have a shamrock cutter? Yeah, I, I oh, ordered one. you found one? Okay. Amazon. Amazon, sorry. Um, but yeah, so I'm really happy with yep. that. Christmas baking. Awesome. Christmas baking. That so this has nothing to do with Christmas, but another great thing to come out of our kitchen is coconut cream pie. Yes, it's his favorite. <laughs> Coconut birthday time, you make coke. Actually, for birthdays around here, it's pies. pretty much everybody wants a pie. Zachary this year turned 25, and I asked him what he wanted, and he requested an apple pie. Apple so caramel, I, right? I made him an apple caramel pie. Sebastian almost, 
Oh, has asked for blueberry, and then you want coconut cream. Well, I made you macarons. Yeah, macarons for my birthday, but for me... Chocolate pie isn't great, so anything chocolate, though. A chocolate pastry? No. I don't know. I don't... uh, Yeah, I'd rather have, like, a really nice uh, savory dinner. I'm not too too concerned about the dessert to me. But anyway, so that... um, yeah, that's your other one. That was my number two. Okay. And then I think one of the great things that has come out of our kitchen is that we cook across cultures. Yeah. And we've had, like, even when our kids were little, little, we had that group that we had where we cooked around the world, oh, even yeah, when they right. were little. Yeah. And we had different families in and we made... I don't know, one time it was Peru, and we did all kinds. We did an Italian night, but the kids, there were like six kids. That's when Sebastian decided he didn't like mint in salads. Yes. So (laughs) anyway, so we've done that like a lot, and uh, we own some really nice uh, Mediterranean. We own the Blue Zones book, uh, Asian, South America, and French. Like we have a lot of different cookbooks and things. Yep. And and now, of course, we just go online and look for more. Yes, but I I still like the old-fashioned cookbooks. So that was my number one, cooking across cultures. So well, what's your... I kind of didn't have anything in particular order. But so, I also like the salmon dish where you make the guacamole. Yeah. And we put that on that salmon. That's been rubbed with something. It's like a combination of spices. of spices like cumin and chili and like yeah. all that stuff and it gets rubbed. Now tonight for dinner we're having salmon but we're doing an apricot one. Right. Re- it's a recipe new one to try. um recommended by Sebastian's friend Nick. So we're going to try that one tonight with mushroom risotto and asparagus. Nice. So we do like to cook, we like nice food and so I just thought that it would be fun to share the top 10 things that we each thought. So, and, and so in we the had, past, we've been asked to contribute to community cookbook projects where people are, you know, fundraisers or whatever. And we usually get feedback that people do like our submissions, our choices. So we'd encourage you to get back to us if you want to try any of these. Yeah, and I'm going to post recipes. Like I I posted our, our biscotti recipe on there today. And with my tricks about how I do it and yeah, great. what I've learned over the years of doing that biscotti. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very good. So, um, yeah, so that's it. We thought we love to cook. So we just thought it would be good to share the top 10, uh, things that have come out of our kitchen with, yeah. from our own perspectives. So and if you guys have any particular recipes that you think we'd enjoy cooking and trying out and testing, please send them to us in comments or email which is no room for phonies at gmail.com with the f- number, with a number four. four. So the next podcast at the end of the month, I'm going to do the top 10 ways to spend a day. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote Sorry. flexible scheduling because I plan my days, but I want to just flexible and you're flexible. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, I just thought it would be very fun to write about kind of how I spend my days and the things that I really like to do each day and accomplish each day so that's what i'm going to talk about neck at the end of the month and you're not invited back because you laughed um anyway so thanks for joining us here at no room for phonies the top 10 things to come out of our kitchen